Hello, everybody, and welcome back to In Immortal Fernal Incantations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, your weekly Patreon bonus episode where we write a great a young adult fiction book to be published by Bella Forrest. Definitely, for sure. Yeah, she's going to um, do it. She loves us. Yeah, she definitely yeah, is. She's definitely still alive. She's alive. <laughs> she's waiting for us. She hasn't published anything because she, she's waiting for our book to be sent to her so she can publish it. And she doesn't yeah. want to distract any other books until then. She has put like respectful. three of her ongoing series on hold. Like there was supposed to be a new Shade of Vampire release, a new Darklight release, I think a new mm-hmm. uh, Percy Merlin at this point release that all yeah. got yeah. put on hold because <laughs> because she said, I am waiting, waiting for Heartspell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which which is understandable, you know. Yeah, we are all am waiting for hearts mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And now we're entering NaNoWriMo. Um yeah. which is yeah. where you're not allowed to nut until you've written 50,000 words. <laughs> uh-huh. So, we should be like really getting through this book now. Yeah. Um yeah, otherwise it's going to be a very miserable month. Yeah, we're going to have yeah, a really I would, sad time. I would hate to not nut. Um, in in November, it's uh, you know, call me a freak. Okay, but we already made the same. Like it's it's fucking awful. That everything we record in this month is just gonna be. Constant no not November jokes. Well, we've only just entered uh, no not <laughs> no, November. Yeah, it is unfortunately um, the only thing any of us will be entering. Yes, exactly. I, well, I think it helps that yes. we're only a week into November, so at this point we can still joke about it. Like mm-hmm. one, yeah, one or two weeks it, yeah. into the future, yeah, we're, it's gonna be really gonna be like, oh, I'd rather not even talk about nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The thing is, it's a really easy for it's a really easy month for me now because of my medication. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> Signed no November by the NHS. Yeah, that's kind of it's kind of like you know doping in sport. You know where you're like taking <laughs> performance enhancing drugs, <laughs> get an unfair advantage. Yeah, when you when you get anxiety medication but as a side effect you develop a nut allergy <laughs> <laughs> yes thank you perfect very good uh everyone pat themselves on the back yeah we did good doing, <laughs> we did the, doing great we delivered the quota of uh cum jokes <laughs> we need to like find new material but like i don't know when that will be mm. um when we're all out of this particular material <laughs> when we reach 20 patrons <laughs> when we reach um, when we when we yeah when we've been like pumped dry then we'll, uh-huh. we'll be to new when we deck the halls with bowels of <laughs> okay uh-huh uh-huh anyway when Santa is coming down our chimney. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, we're all in a great headspace. I don't know how it works for women, but like for me, it's less a uh, pumping dry and more like filling up. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Bombay. Come on and fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. Come fly with me, let's float down to Peru. In Lama Land, there's a one-man band, and he'll toot his flute for you. Come on, fly with me. Let's take off in a blue. This week we have chapter seven <laughs> of uh, Immortal Incantations, uh, written by your your favorite, Lucy. I'm your favorite, um, and I wrote this at work because. No one, I didn't have anything to do at work um, and I was there for eight hours. So all of this was written in an office in full view of all of my co-workers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's pretty good. I ended up writing quite a lot. Um, so I hope that you like it. I got to become a little familiar with Cockney rhyming slang. <laughs> okay, were you not familiar with that before? Um, only briefly. As you know, I'm not a Londoner, just a city mm. slicker. That's a, just a very problematic of you. Dirty mm-hmm. Bristolian, yeah. Yeah, Bristol yeah. is cancelled for this. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's cancelled. <laughs> I mean, the thing about Cockney rhyming, rhyming slang is, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I did learn about this in linguistics in school, is that you're not allowed to look up anything about it. You just need to g- come up with your own rhymes and pretend that that's authentic. Oh, for sure. It's mostly oral tradition, isn't it? Is um... it? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Get your mind out of the gutter. I can't. <laughs> it's where it lives. <laughs> um, yeah, you can just make up any old words and say it's Cockney rhyming slang, which I did consider doing, but I was also... I wanted to bring a bit of like authentic um authenticity. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. authentic authenticity. Authentic yes. city. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm 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 becoming a little worried if we end up putting more research into this than Bella would. It might be too good. Yeah. Might be too <laughs> accurate. Uh oh. Oh well, it's fine. You You'll enjoy this, I hope. <laughs> there's a couple little, there's a couple little things in here. I kind of forgot about um, the characters we introduced last time, Ed and Elle, until like halfway through. But that's fine. But that's fine. they're very, very so, important characters. So did I. <laughs> like, I uh, listened to a bit of it uh, as I uh, uploaded the Patreon episode. Yeah, now I go and. Uh, as I got to the end, L part, I was like, "Oh, right, those are characters." But now that you mentioned <laughs> them, I realized I already I already forgot them after that. Yeah, 
Um, they are perfectly well-drawn characters with complex <laughs> inner lives um, and, and interesting dead mother, struggles. Probably, <laughs> probably. Yeah, they're in the army. I don't know. <laughs> Can't okay. wait for them to commit war crimes in a fun YA book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be good. No war crimes in this book yet. Yet. Um, I think we should just, as the YouTubers would say, jump into it. Let's just jump, jump into in? it. Just jump right in. Let's jump right into... No, not November. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> shall I, shall I start? <laughs> of Please. course. The writer okay. always starts. Okay. Okay, that's a good rule. All right. <clears throat> Chapter 7. I arrived back at the house I shared with my younger sister Kaylee in Camden in the early evening having spent the afternoon in town buying a French dictionary and travel shampoos. I shivered. <laughs> I shivered as I unlocked the door, the lights on inside a warm welcome after the past 12 hours. Something smelled good. Kaylee had obviously been cooking. She was only 15, but our rather independent childhood had meant that both of us had had to grow up fast, her even more so. She was eight whole years younger than me, and I'd been leaving the house to work probably while she was too young, but we managed. She was independent to say the least and a damn good cook i'm home i yelled dropping my bag down in the hall and slipping off my shoes not bothering to untie the laces down the hall the kitchen door opened and kaylee peeked her head round it where the hell have you been she asked (laughs) scowling before disappearing around the corner into the kitchen again Uh oh i rolled my eyes and followed her, glancing around the kitchen, uh, as I did, trying to see what she'd been cooking. It was warm, and even as she glared at me, I couldn't help but smile with relief at being home again. Today had felt like it had lasted an age. How you doing, little sis? I asked, cocking an experimental smile. Kaylee clenched her jaw, moving a pot off the stove to drain her pasta over a colander. <laughs> it looked as though she'd only... Okay, it looked as though she'd only made food for one. A pot of spaghetti bolognese bubbled on the stove, decidedly too much for two. Huh. Music played softly over her speakers in the corner. It was Imagine Dragons. We shared the same good taste. (laughs) (laughs) Is your phone broken or something? Kaylee snapped, deliberately clanging the pots and pans around as she poured her food into a bowl. I was worried sick. I look at the news... And all it's saying is, attack in central London. And when I try to call you to ask if everything's okay, what do I get? Nothing. I'm sorry, I've been a bit busy. Yeah, I can see that, Kaylee muttered, <laughs> eyeing the shopping bags in my hand. Grand day out, was it? I felt myself falter a little under her gaze. I had inherited our father's rich green eyes. She had the uh-huh. steely grey that my mother and Uncle Dominic shared. When she was pissed off, Kaylee had the same hard stare as a wolf, or perhaps a particularly irate Paddington bear, <laughs> and now that gaze was turned on me. There was an attack, I began. Yes, thank you, Sherlock, I know that much. <laughs> she interrupted, and I let out a short sigh, trying to stop myself from rising to her. This would devolve into a fight, if I did, and that was the absolute last thing I needed today of all days. A demon came through the London Eye, I told her, fighting to keep my voice steady. Kaylee's eyebrows rose despite herself, though I wasn't entirely sure she believed me. Me and a couple others stopped it. I closed the portal. 
I held up my hand, waggling my 4.8 fingers. This time, her eyes bulged and she nearly dropped the plate she was holding. Bloody hell! She breathed, staring at my stump. What do you want to go and do that for, then? I rolled my eyes. Well, I didn't do it for fun, I retorted. Potent object. Oh. Right. Anyway, long story short, I explained the situation to her. Kaylee stood, still stood with her full pasta bowl in her hands, taking in everything I was saying. Eventually, she sat down and looked up at me, frowning slightly. You better not be going to Paris without me, she said, and I faltered. Not the excitement, the one thing I'd somehow forgotten to consider was my 15-year-old sister. <laughs> sure, I could leave her alone at home for a few hours every so often when I had work. She wasn't six. But I definitely couldn't lark off to the continent and leave her alone for however long killing a demon took. Tanya had said 48 hours for the portal to materialise, which gave us travel time and hopefully enough to prep, but it wasn't exactly a sightseeing weekend. Kaylee, I began, and she pointed her fork at me. I'm serious. If you leave me alone for a week whilst you go snog some Frenchman on the Champs-Élysées, I'm going to get child services involved. I'm a dependent. It's unconstitutional. <laughs> we don't have a constitution. I'm telling you, I know my rights. Kaylee said stubbornly and stuffed a forkful of spaghetti into her mouth. Brush up on your French. Do van, s'il vous plaît, she said, and the finality in her voice seemed to confirm her plans. Nothing I said now would change her mind. I was going to have to call Uncle Dom and tell him we needed an extra ticket. The next day, Kaylee and I clambered up into a taxi. One large suitcase and two backpacks between us. And I gave the address of the hospital we were picking Luke up at the cabbie. <laughs> Uh, we were picking so Luke up to, at to the cabbie. That's a lot of oh, prepositions. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, and this is where you have to do the voice, okay? Oh. Oh. Any oh. <laughs> nice plans, ma'am? <laughs> it's Kedro Cockney voice. The cabbie asked, his accent thick, a traditional London Cockney. Paris, I replied. Ah, I hear it's an absolute custard cream this time of year. <laughs> Except somehow dropping more H's than I would have heard in a sentence to begin with. Me, I've ne me, I've never been, but I've got my rubber up, got my sherbet, not exactly, got a shirt and tie about it, am I? He said, and I nodded sagely, familiar with Cockney rhyming slang. Speaks the lingo. Uh, it, uh, indeed. The cab rolled on towards the hospital again, a little caught up in traffic on the way, and I felt a sudden internal longing for Tanya's presence and magic touch. Of the car, that is. <laughs> I wondered momentarily how she did it all. The hacking. <laughs> the extent of my technical capabilities was that I could work my phone. Sometimes I could even sync it to my laptop without wiping every single one of my photos. Kaylee was much better than me. Even right now, she was tweeting something. Probably about me. <laughs> Ken. <laughs> we pulled up outside the hospital where Luke was waiting outside with a nurse at his side. He looked gaunt, his eyes dark from a sleepless night, the nurse's face one of concern. Nevertheless, he smiled widely when he saw me. Hey, Vale, he said as I opened up the door and got out, pulling him into a hug. He winced slightly and I realised I must have hit a bandage or something. Sorry. You okay? I asked. Never better, he replied, looking down at me. I doubted that, but he looked happy to see me. It was hard not to smile back. He's on quite a lot of painkillers, the nurse said to me. For the record, I don't think you should be flying. 
Luke blew out incredulously. I'll be fine. The nurse made danger eyes at me, but nevertheless helped me get Luke's suitcase into the cab. Uncle Dom had brought it round to him the night before and helped me get him into the back seat. He looked a little spaced out and reached up to my face, giving me a light sleepy pat on my cheek. Big wheel, he murmured, and I nodded sympathetically. Yep, keep on spinning. So meaningless. <laughs> he shot finger guns at me, and I couldn't help but smile as I closed the door and got in the front. Apple, please, I said to the cabbie. He looks absolutely cattle trucked, he does, the cabbie said, and I laughed. Luke did indeed look cattle trucked. <laughs> we sped up towards Heathrow, and I settled in for the long drive. Since Uncle Tom was paying, I didn't mind using a cab over the underground so much today. The sounds of the city washed over me, as did the sound of Luke's eventual snoring. I glanced in the rearview mirror at Kaylee as she held up a phone to take an Instagram story of him dozing and muffled a laugh. <laughs> I'd had to lie to her school in order to get her out of this week. Kaylee was down as having a severe fever and vomiting, and she was perfectly happy to let the school continue thinking that for as long as she could. Hopefully her friends would have enough sense not to show any of my sister's constant social media updates about travelling <laughs> to the teachers. A call from the head teacher was the last thing I needed. Kaylee was one of those students who talked back. I'd been the same at her age. She was super smart, knew all her stuff, but she couldn't stand being talked down to. It generally resulted in her getting detentions and the school calling me only for them to realise I was her guardian, the same girl they'd been putting in detentions for all the same reasons all those years ago. We were not their favourite people, to say the least. Luke's not all the way there until we reached the airport. And I, the, and I used the credit card Uncle Dom had given me to pay. I didn't want to think about how much that one was going to cost. I was never sure exactly how much money the council members got and how. Did it run on donations? Because if so, I had no idea who gave them in. I stayed out of council business as much as possible generally, disliking the bureaucracy of it all, and I guess I was paying for it now. Tonya, Ed and Elle were already there waiting outside. Tonya once again on her laptop. I was starting to wonder if she was surgically attached to it. Morning, Elle said, and I smiled. Hey, uh, what's up? Luke said, blurrily. It'd been a job to get him out of the taxi, and those painkillers were no joke. <laughs> Waiting on Marco and Horace, Ed explained, and looked Luke up and down. What happened to him? I had to run him with some vamps, I explained. It looks terrible. You should see the other guy. Luke <laughs> mumbled. <laughs> Bravely. <laughs> it wasn't very convincing. Kaylee rolled her eyes and looked back down at her phone, typing something out. This is my sister, Kaylee. She's coming with us. I explained, gesturing to her. Kaylee gave them a non-committal wave, still on her phone. What, you couldn't get a childminder? Tanya asked me, cocking an eyebrow as she looked up over her rounded specs at us. I'm not a child, Kaylee replied, and Tanya looked at her for a moment before scoffing. I've seen ten-year-olds in Russia that are more grown up than you, she said, and I felt my sister bristle beside me. Ed and Elle were only slightly familiar with her, but certainly enough to know she had a temper. They looked nervous. <laughs> I'm 15, Kaylee retorted like it was the comeback of the century. Good for you. Get a job, Tanya replied and went back to her laptop. <laughs> Kaylee scoffed and was about to say something when Luke giggled, breaking the tension. He swayed slightly and leaned into me. Who else is coming? He asked me sleepily. Two guys called Horace and Marco. 
I replied, hesitating before telling him for some reason. Luke nodded and I felt myself having to support his weight. Jesus Christ, what was he on? Morphine? Probably, actually. Yeah, morphine would make sense. <laughs> Horace, was first to Horace was first to arrive, arriving from a shuttle bus, probably having got the tube here. He looked disheveled, wearing a tatty brown jacket, a dark t-shirt and plaid overshirt that was oversized even on his massive form. It was only now, really, that I saw him standing up and moving, that I realized how large he was. Werewolves generally ran tall, but this guy was approaching seven foot, surely. <clears throat> Hi, he said, a little sheepishly. <laughs> Sheepishness in a werewolf. Ha! Ironic. <laughs> <laughs> Morning, Elle said, and gave him a weak smell. Uh, how are you? It was a question that sounded reluctant. And I watched as Tanya gave her a slight side eye. All right, Horace shrugged. I was about to say something else to him when something behind me caught her eye, and her mouth fell open a little. I turned to see what she was looking at and saw a sleek black Porsche drive up to us as we stood on the curb. The back windows were tinted, and the man in the driver's seat was clearly a chauffeur. I raised an eyebrow at it, guessing who this was, immediately. Lo and behold... The driver got out and opened the back door for one Marco Cruz, dressed excellently in a swish yeah. black suit. <laughs> <laughs> I swallowed, my mouth suddenly very dry. Luke swung around to see what we were all staring about and snorted. Who's this guy? This is Marco. He's joining us. I explained as the chauffeur retrieved Marco's leather cases from the back of the car. How rich was he? Good morning, all. Haley, nice to see you again. He said directly to me, and I felt my cheeks <laughs> color slightly at the attention. Marco picked up his bags, thanked the driver, and joined our group. He glanced down at Kaylee, and I shared a silent look, like two cats trying to suss one another out. Your sister, I presume? How did you guess? She asked sarcastically. We both had the same fiery red hair, same nose, same smattering of freckles. It wasn't a hard leap to make. And... Uh, Marco paused, his black eyes swiveling to Luke. I don't think we've met before. Marco Cruz, pleased to meet you. He held out a hand. Luke looked down at it and scoffed. Dude, your aura is absolutely <laughs> rancid, he said. <laughs> and Marco's eyebrows shut up, though he looked more amused than offended. Charmed, I'm sure. Luke, I hissed, and he looked round at me. What is it? He said, looking back at Marco, his nose wrinkled like he'd smelt something bad. Uh, I'm sure I'd be more offended if I knew what you were talking about, Marco said, and then held up a hand to the airport main doors. Shall we? Still semi-supporting Luke, I trooped inside the busy airport with the rest of our party, Marco and Tonya heading the group. They seemed to be the most efficient of the lot of us. Horace trailed behind with Luke and I, while Kaylee walked next to Ed and Elle, ignoring them as she continued to be on that damn phone of hers. <laughs> it's been ages since I've been in an airport. The last time was a trip to Italy with Uncle Dom, Luke and Kaylee when I was about 13. They threatened to pour down with rain the entire time, and it's to this day the only time I've ever seen Uncle Dominic use powerful magic for entirely selfish reasons. He changed the weather to glorious sun for the whole week, just for us. I smiled at memory, looking round the building with interest. Uncle Dom had always been too busy since then to take us again, 
but it still meant a lot to think about. We reached security and I found myself in the queue between Horace and a very woozy Luke. I hope they weren't going to cause a fuss about his state. Convincing them he wasn't pissed drunk wouldn't be very easy. We got to the counter and the guard motioned for us to take off coats and boots. You're so helpful, Luke mumbled as I helped him take his shoes off. You're very welcome, buddy, I replied, struggling with his tightly knotted laces. Is he okay? Horace asked from beside us as he removed his coat. He's on painkillers. If he starts keeling over, catch him, I replied, frowning at the shoes and casting the tiniest possible spell I could manage to loosen them up a bit. It worked and I was able to get them off. Luke smiled sleepily at me as I helped him put his stuff on the conveyor belt, like a Labrador that's had a hard time at the vet. It's <laughs> uh, no difference to his normal self. <laughs> we passed through security with almost no problem, apart from Horace getting randomly stopped and searched. He didn't seem surprised, and the thought probed at the back of my head as to why. But I elected to ignore it. Marco was pulling a thick black overcoat on, past security. And Tanya protectively grabbing her laptop back of the counter, shooting a suspicious glance at the security people. They seemed a bit concerned about Luke, but not enough to ask us any questions. Which was all the better, as I wasn't in the mood to Jedi mind-trick them into forgetting us. That's right, I could be nerdy. <laughs> you look stressed Marco said as I, and I looked up at him as I pulled my boots back on I'm fine I said a little defensively and he stared at me for a moment longer before nodding seeming to accept my answer Kaylee glanced between us for a moment her eyes narrowing mm. at him slightly before she decided not to get involved and put her earphones in they are not announcing the gate for another hour Tanya informed us as she stared up at the screen, her fingers drumming on the closed laptop she held clutched to her chest. Isn't that normal? Horace asked, and she glanced at him, eyes sharp and bright. It's annoying. If we'd flown private, this wouldn't have been an issue, Marco said, passing us, prompting the rest of the group to follow him into the off-duty section, Kaylee heading directly for the perfumes. Oh, and I suppose you have a private plane just lying around waiting to be used, Luke asked, his voice dripping with a level of sarcasm I was surprised he was in a fit state to be able to use. <laughs> Marco turned his head slightly to look over him before smirking a little and looking back ahead. The others started to mill around the shop and I paused, staring at a packet of cheesy crackers in the sales section <laughs> when Kaylee bounded up to me, a bottle of champagne in her hands. Can you get this for me? She asked, <laughs> one phone hanging out of her ears. I gave her a look. You said it earlier, you're 15. And? I bet you are drinking at 15, she retorted, and we stared at each other in a standoff, both of us daring the other to blink first. I was vaguely aware of some of the others watching. Kaylee narrowed her eyes a little. Nope. I'm not buying you champagne, I said. Should I say it frenchly? I'm not buying you champagne? <laughs> I said, yes. grab the pack of crackers off the stand, put it back and grab a Coke or something. In Russia, Tanya began, but I, sh but I shot her a look and she shut up, quickish. We milled through the shops for a bit, and I watched surreptitiously as Marco brought himself up, as Marco bought himself an expensive <laughs> bottle of scotch, and Tanya a cheap vodka. Ed and L went in for the chocolate. Uh, oh, I put Ed and Al instead of Ed and Al. What? <laughs> Why would you do that? What is the mistake? <laughs> Ed and L went in for the chocolate. Horace didn't buy anything, but looked longingly at the cured meats in the deli corner. 
I wrinkled my nose as I watched him stare at it and had to quickly look away when he turned to me, his yellowy green eyes knowing. Kaylee sulked all the way to the plane. She was complaining to me as we stood in the queue to board, watching me as I sorted out the ticket. Where are you sitting? I want the window seat, she said, peeking at my ticket as we queued up for boarding. It might be a stranger in the window seat. You'll just have to sit where your ticket says, I said, showing her. That's not fair, she muttered, looking down at her own ticket. Uh, I have the window seat. You can take mine, Elle said, and Kaylee beamed at her. Her mood settled. I had a cursory glance through everyone's tickets, noting that I would be next to Luke, Ed, Elle and Kaylee sitting on one row, Horace and Tanya on another. But Marco's... Are you... I faltered, staring at his ticket, frowning. Are you in first class? He gently plucked his ticket out of my hands. Yes, he said, eyes black and unreadable. I narrowed my eyes. How'd you swing that? I paid for an upgrade. It's not complicated, he said, seeming slightly (laughs) amused. (laughs) What, you didn't want to get another one else to upgrade while you're at it? Asked Luke, who had still sled. Marco raised a dark eyebrow. I thought my aura was... Sorry, how did you put it? Ran said, I'm not sure you'd enjoy sharing a cabin, he said, and Luke gave an outraged laugh. Listen, he began, holding up a finger, but Kaylee had already interrupted with, interrupted him. Swap with me, she pleaded to Marco, <laughs> who stared at her like he was meeting a new animal and wasn't quite sure how to act around it. I rolled my eyes. Kaylee, it's a 90 minute flight. You'll survive. She scowled at me. I ignored it. We boarded the plane eventually, Marco giving me a little wave as he headed further up the cabin than the rest of us. I shook my head after him. What an asshole, I muttered. <laughs> Luke slumped into his seat and nodded vigorously. I sat down next to him and was about to ask him something when I looked over to, f- to find him already snoring. That was fast. Rolling my eyes, I dug into my bag to find my book. I'd been reading Infinite Chest. <laughs> It was just starting to pick up. <laughs> Tanya was sitting next to Horace. It does pick up, that's true. Tanya was sitting next to Horace across the aisle from us and opened up her laptop, starting to type before realizing she wasn't going to get the internet. They must have internet, she said and called over a steward who politely explained that they didn't offer in flight Wi Fi. Tanya balked. She looked lost, her glasses resting on top of her head, her hands poised over a keyboard she wasn't going to be able to use for an hour or so. You can always talk to each other, I suggested, and she looked over at me, and then back at Horace, and again like she was watching a tennis match. Oh, come on, I'm sure his bark is worse than his bite, uh, eh, Horace? I asked him, uh, trying to keep my tone what, light. He didn't what smile. Bark? <laughs> Tanya, seeming defeated, sat back in her seat, her fingers clearly itching to do something. I settled in with my book, Luke occasionally lightly snoring next to me, and wondered what Marco was doing up in first class. The plane took off. We were on our way. Nice. End of chapter seven. End of chapter chapter. seven. We have 45 pages of our document. We're doing so well. Yeah. We're doing ridiculously well. Yeah, <laughs> it's. I feel like everyone, every other author in the world right now is shaking because they know that the new hit writing trio is uh, about to take all their jobs. So 
them. Yeah. We're waiting they're, in your wings. They're nervous, but they don't know why they're nervous. Yeah. They can sense that something is going on, but they don't quite know what yet. We have mm-hmm. 19,000 words so far. Mm-hmm. And we will get done a <laughs> like hundred thousand more. <laughs> barely at a quarter uh, content-wise, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> God, this is gonna be this is gonna be an infinite jest-sized epic. The plane gets hijacked. <laughs> yeah, there's there's like a terrorist attack, and it turns out that this is nine eleven. <laughs> God. <laughs> It's nine eleven two this time in France. <laughs> yeah, they fly into the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> ah, what a good it's book! Really good. Did you enjoy this chapter? Please, tell I enjoyed me what this you... a yeah. lot. No, I like this a lot. This is very fun. Um, pretty good, I thought. Some some great jokes. Mm-hmm. I love the Horace the Horace microaggressions, and he's literally done nothing to anyone <laughs> at this point. He's barely said one word. Yeah, he's, he's literally book. done nothing. <laughs> <laughs> He's joined them and they're all like, ah, oh, you're a dog. Oh. <laughs> he looked at some meat once. <laughs> yeah, this is like when I join a group and everyone is like, ah, oh, a little guy. And even though I haven't done anything. Yeah. I mean, that's what I said. Yeah. Uh, when I first talked to you, I was like, damn, little guy. Yeah, I'm like almost an inch shorter than you. It's. Uh... I know. I mean, that must be pretty tough. <laughs> I can't relate, as we discussed last I week. I know. Um, oh, I'm Lucy and I'm 100 feet tall. Um, <laughs> um, how do we feel yeah. about Kaylee? Oh, she's so good. Breakout character good. of the of the book. Yeah, yeah I think she's become my favourite. I, I do feel like finally, uh, finally this book is clicking into place now that Kaylee is here. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't sure about it before, but now I'm like, yeah. this is good. <laughs> Every other week when we finish reading the chapter and then afterwards we say, wow, that was really good. We were all lying. Now that Yeah, Katie but is this here, time, the this one week, no, we were I mean, telling this the is truth. Like in, uh, in Red Dwarf when Crichton finally joins and, uh, you know, it was good before, yeah. but something was missing. Mm. mm. I can't think of another show where like a uh, fan favorite character joins a few seasons late. So it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Danny DeVito. Oh, I haven't watched that uh, show. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, a classic character. Um, trying to think of other good shows, but I can't yeah, think of I know any. it's hard. There's <laughs> like sure five there good any. shows, so I know it's like in uh, it's like in. Riverdale, where uh, where Jackhead's dad first shows up. Oh yeah, because that's like halfway through the first season. Yeah, yeah. He's a well, great he's character. like around, but you don't know he's his dad yet. Yeah, right? exactly. Who's this criminal-looking dude played by Skeet Ulrich? I bet he's a minor character. <laughs> I forgot we've previously fancasted Skeet for Uncle Dominic. Oh really? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I think we just is it we like Skeet? Then I have no memories of what we is said. Is it like Skeet doing a British accent then? Yeah, yeah, it's got to be <laughs> with grey contact lenses. Oh yeah, I I can see that. Yeah, I I would love to hear his British accent. Honestly, has he has he ever been British in anything? I don't know. I don't know. 
I'm not really that familiar with his work <laughs> other than Scream and Riverdale, to be honest. I'm... And everybody well, who his, sees Scream thinks he's Johnny Depp. His wife is... <laughs> fucking uh, rude. His wife is English, so, you know. So he could probably do a fairly good yeah. accent. Hmm. It's possible. His name is Brian Trout. <laughs> you mean it's not Skeet? It's not Skeet. <laughs> Why did you is change it, is... it to Skeet? He was called Brian Ray Trout. Oh my god. Imagine being called Brian Trout. No wonder he changed it. <laughs> yeah, but then why would you change your name to Skeet? That's um, weird. originated from it's the nickname name. Skeeter. He was given by his Little League coach because of his small stature. Oh, interesting. <laughs> his, he had Skeet. It poor means he's health. just a little guy. Uh, he's a little guy. It's his birthday. Let's see what um, else he, he played in. So he was in. His he had four uncredited roles, and then his first like name draw was Chris Hooker in The Craft. Oh, I haven't seen The Craft. Me neither. Uh, oh, in this one year, he was in five movies. He was in The Craft. He was in Last Dance. He was in Boys. He was in Albino, Alligator, and Scream. Scream's so, good. I don't know. Good what year happened. for skeet heads. Yeah, that's a lot mm. of movies to do in one year. Yeah. Probably pretty minor roles, I think. Yeah, probably. He well, played various voices in Robot yeah. Chicken. So maybe there was a British one oh. there. Mm. I wonder. Skeet Ulrich, British accent. Come on, Skeet, we're, we're depending on you. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's just a lot of things that says how to pronounce Skeet Ulrich. <laughs> oh my god. There's a... <laughs> There's an article here from The Independent called Riverdale stars Keith Oreck shocks fans with honest admission about why he quit show. I got bored. <laughs> King shit. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Wait, he quit? Yeah. Is he not on... Oh, that's upsetting. Yeah, it says uh, he announced in February that he wouldn't be returning for the fifth season. Oh. He was bored mm-hmm. creatively. Yeah, I, I can, could I can be see why you might be on Riverdale. <laughs> I disagree. I think it's the yeah. most creatively interesting. I, I have show not seen is. the fourth season, so I don't know. But I, I heard it's not that great. I think it's all mm. good. <laughs> I think it's never a mess. Okay, they're apparently gonna do <laughs> a time skip. So I, I wonder if they're gonna like kill him off, or he's just gonna. Oh, it says, what the fuck? It says, Riverdale showrunner Roberto Aguirre Sacasa said season 5, which is confirmed in January, will move past the character's university years, jumping forward into the future. What? What? What the Wait, fuck? so they're uh... jumping forward into adults? Why would they jump past the university years? That's like, there's so much good shit you can do with that. I think it's because they're going to different universities and they were like, ah. Oh, Whereas in like the Vampire they... Diaries, they just made them all go to the same university. Yeah, that's like the classic thing <laughs> yeah. to do. Mm. Yeah, just make them go to the university. Um... That's why. I... So they're going to like be like changed <laughs> characters. This could be interesting though, because then there's going to be like new dynamics, you know. Mm. Uh, when you when you went to university and reunite with your high school friends and realize that you have less in common than you thought. <laughs> they all just like meet Did, up um... at Pops and they're like, oh, I don't know if I like any of you guys. I think we just bonded through trauma. <laughs> it's just going to be a very, uh-huh. yeah, it's going to be like a very awkward scene where they like don't know what to say to each other, each other and then the season is over. <laughs> Did you did you know that the guy who you just said who created Riverdale yes. was given a cease and desist order um, when he was younger 
for writing a play about Archie comics. What? <laughs> um, so he wrote a play called Archie's a Weird Fantasy, oh which depicts Archie coming out and moving to New York. Um, and then, like, uh, he he got a, sent a cease and desist. Um, Archie coming um, out as like gay. To put it on. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. <laughs> It's wild because it doesn't seem like that's what he's doing in the show. No, No, it's not. But he just wanted to have fun with it. Jarchi's end game. (laughs) Yeah. I've seen the AM game. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, but he also, like, got, like, before he started Riverdale, he also, like, actually wrote for Archie Comics. So that's, like. This guy just fucking loves Archie. (laughs) I really respect that. Yeah, he did Afterlife with Archie. Which is the zombie one, so pretty cool guy. Yeah, and really. he, I think he also wrote like the, the like limited event Sabrina comic where Sabrina was like satanistic. <sighs> well, I mean that's just the show. Yeah, it's mm. it's what the show is based on. Oh my god, he's doing the new Pretty Little Liars. <gasps> god fucking shit! They're doing a new. They're doing one? a new one. <laughs> yeah, did you not hear about that? No. They said they were re- They were doing a re. What should we call it? Um, a reboot, and then everyone was like, "Why though?" <laughs> No one watched past like season two of the original one. I thought because uh-huh. it's like I think I oh think my, my sister watched all of it. <laughs> oh, he also worked on Glee, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, that's that's just you can see that Glee's tracks. influences on Riverdale. Oh, you really can. There is like a slight Ryan Murphy like thing there that you can you can see the fingerprints of Ryan Murphy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, High Spell. <laughs> Hard Spell, pretty, not as good as Riverdale, pretty good book, but like pretty good. No, I think I think now that we met Kaylee, it's as good as Riverdale. It was it was just okay. it was not quite as good so far, but now it's really like Riverdale quality. Mm. I think. Yeah, I really think we shouldn't sell ourselves short, right? Like we shouldn't be we shouldn't be saying things like, oh, you know. Real authors like Terry Pratchett and Stephen King, and then there's the hacks like us. Like I don't, I don't think <laughs> mm-hmm. w- there's a good reason to say that, say Stephen King's The Stand is a better book than Hartswell is going to be, because I, I, I think that's untrue. There's no way, literally yeah. no way. The Stand is bad. I've exactly. not read it, but I'm not going to because it's like the biggest book in the world. Why would I? Yeah, <laughs> I read it, and that was too long. <laughs> And we promise you, this, I did read this book. Unlike it, is not gonna have an uh, an orgy in it. So yeah, it's not gonna have a child yeah. orgy. So <laughs> congrats <laughs> on the qualifier on that one. We might still have an orgy. I'm not. I'm not crossing anything out. Listen, <laughs> they're about to go to France. You know, anything oh, can true. happen in France, as we've discussed. Mm-hmm. No, I think there's just gonna be illusions if if it happens. Maybe Ed and Ella yeah. are gonna involved, get involved in something. Like they're gonna miss for one chapter, and then they come back and their hair is like messed up. They're related. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need to like fuck each other. <laughs> they can be involved in two separate orgies at the same time. Just like in the same room or like a joint. Yeah, exactly. Room. <laughs> they're down in the catacombs. <laughs> it's it's France. Look, it's France. It's it's Paris. What what can yeah. I say? The city de l'amour, mm. or whatever. I can't remember what city is in French. 
c'était... Euh, Paris. <rire> la capitale d'amour. Mm. Ah, das Kapital. Das Kapital. <rire> das Kapital de l'amour. <rire> God. That's gonna be in, like... Hate spell or whatever the next book is gonna be called. They're gonna go to Berlin. Yeah, I feel like hate spell is too obvious. It has to be like um, soul spell yeah. or something. Mm. Do you think Mind they're gonna spell. go back in time at one point? Yes. That's... I mean, all the other Bella Forest involve going to, into like alt- alternate dimensions yeah, that's true. or whatever. Yeah, I so think something like that has to happen. I don't remember what we discussed, but there's definitely gonna be a thing where they get into the portal and then it like, takes place in a different world or whatever. Because mm. I think that, yeah, that, so. that happens both in Dark Light and Shade of Vampire in the later books. <laughs> it's, a, mm-hmm. it's a genre mainstay. It's a, it's a genre stable. That's, that's what people come for. You do four books and then you need to change the scenery. Yeah. Yeah. There needs people to be bored. an alternate dimension. There needs, to get, there needs to be points awarded at the end of the book. <laughs> <laughs> there needs to be fucking prestige points yeah which i think yeah. would be very funny if we just don't introduce until like the yeah end i think the i think that's what you need to do <laughs> yeah uh and um, and in like book 10 a new generation needs to take over yeah, yeah the, the children babies. of the previous generation yeah. yeah it could be like fucking legacies oh do you think yeah legacy legacies where it's like they're all vampire werewolf which i think in the so they're all like both well i think in the second generation kaylee is gonna be like the mature uh, character with a new generation like she's gonna be the yeah she's gonna be their like mentor yeah. she's gonna be she's gonna be like Dominic exactly i was gonna say she's gonna be like oh well i went on all sorts of adventures with my sister when i was your age <laughs> <laughs> too bad that she died long ago <laughs> uh-huh. but she gave birth to you she disappeared into a different dimension Cl- Cl- yeah. clarissa clarissima <laughs> um <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, that's that's also true. Like that's where the names are gonna start becoming fucked up. Yeah. The, t- the <laughs> twins the twin the twins, Clarissima and Yorkie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you say that the, that's where the names are gonna get a little bit fucked up, but yeah. we already have Scorpio and Horus. <laughs> yeah, but at this point it's just the vampires, right? Like it's gonna start mixing, like it's gonna be like score. Uh, fucking Skork. This motherfucker named Skork. Just like flange. This gotta be Thaleon. <laughs> Thaleon, flange, Petrie, and Squilt. <laughs> hey, this is my son Caesar. <laughs> That's yeah. That's definitely what they'll be called, though. This is this is Caesar, <laughs> my child. It's gonna be one very normal name that is spelled weirdly. Like uh, mm-hmm. there's gonna be be a Jade, but she's gonna be spelled J E D E. Or it's gonna be like it'll be like um, Mark, but it's spelled with a Q U E. Mark. Oh, but I, I've seen M A R Q. I've seen that in something. It sounds like was that a. In one of the Bella Forest it sounds like books? a George name. Oh, that, no, <laughs> yeah. that might have been a George name actually. Yeah, I think right. there's a Mark You're Piper. Right. Yeah, 
You see, we make fun, but literally there's no way to parody these things because they're all just accurate. Yeah, Mark Pfeiffer. Yeah, there's no God name we can... Mark Farman. We can come up with something worse than Feyen. Or what was that? Um, Thesis? There was like one that was like Jesus, but Jesus, but spelled weirdly. Or what about um, everyone's fan favorite, Dobber? Dobber? We love Dobber. Dobber. Dobber and Chitter and Caesar and Flange. <laughs> I'm just saying... Uh, French and capillary. <laughs> I'm Everyone's favourite protagonist. <laughs> uh, uh. Alright, where are we going next chapter? Because I'm gonna write it. I think... I think we can, like, skip the rest of the plane journey. Oh, for sure, yeah. You could do, like... Mm. Oh, we are in Paris. Yeah, I think and I'm maybe, gonna skip yeah, you to... Can, skip to where You can jump ahead and do... Yeah, like they were at a cafe or something, and they've been there for like a, a few, like a, I guess like a few hours or something. Yeah, I and think they're so. Trying to like mm. relax. Yeah, or you could do and, um, they, do, do like some shenanigans with hotel. hotel rooms. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I'm gonna gotta... I'm gonna do like some time jumps. Maybe like they're gonna be at a cafe, and then she remembers back to the, the trouble they had checking in at the hotel or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, that's good. good. <laughs> Uh, you, know, gotta... you, you gotta be like, oh, we're at a French patisserie. I ate my French yes. croissant. <laughs> I, drink, I drank my French coffee out of my French coffee cup. <laughs> Absolutely. I've been, I've been putting off watching Emily in Paris uh, because it doesn't yeah. look good to me. But I will, watch, well, I will watch at least one I episode. I might watch the first episode. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Just for research. <laughs> research into Paris. Yeah, into yeah. French culture. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know anything about cigarette. France. What is France? I mean, that's true though. They do. Mm. <laughs> I have French friends. I know. <laughs> yeah, I've been to France. Like once. Yeah. It it was okay. I I have been so many times. <laughs> yeah, I've been quite a few times as well. I've been to Paris one time, and I went to the. It was on a school trip. We were doing like a music. Tour. Yeah. so we we're doing performances yeah. around the city and um at one point we were like driving around and we went to get mcdonald's as a class and we went to the louvre to get the mcdonald's we did not go into the museum we did not see the art but we did go to <laughs> oh the mcdonald's in the car park that they have underneath so you know that oh was yeah we had we had like a school uh, program. It was like a school exchange program where French people from our partner school came to our school for a week, and then we went to France for a week. Uh, yeah. But it was like up in the Bretagne, like far up north. Yeah. And then on the way back, we stopped by in Paris for like two hours. So we just like <laughs> went to the Eiffel Tower, looked at it from from afar, looked at the Louvre from outside. Uh, got crabs mm. and got back into the bus. So that's the entire range of the Paris experience I've had. And I I feel like I've seen everything. Like I, oh, Parisian crab. Um, I don't feel like I need to go to Paris for a week. Like, yeah, we... um we, we get stayed crabs like a, anywhere. Listen, crabs are universal. Um, 
we yeah we were staying at like a campsite outside of Paris and then we tried to drive in but we had a top box on the car and there was no car parks that we could go in so we drove around Paris for like four hours and then had to go back so we never actually left the car oh in Paris. <laughs> that's bad that's the worst experience of mine we, did we were just like watching Father Ted in the back seat the entire time. <laughs> problematic well yeah it was a different time yeah I'm not gonna cancel you for that. Um, you should. <laughs> I feel like you've done worse crimes. Mm. <laughs> probably, yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, we've done so many crimes. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, we can we can really get the uh, we can really get the Parisian. Yeah, I think like I think. the three of us together have enough shared Paris experience that um, we basically <laughs> we were basically French at this point, so. Yeah, you've driven yeah. around it. You've been there for a day. Yeah. I went to such um, cultural places as McDonald's and yes. another restaurant chain called Flunch, which ah, gave, another uh, character name, <laughs> <laughs> which gave a significant number of people in my group food poisoning. Um, <laughs> on my um, my brother's, my brother went on a like orchestra tour of um. Germany where did they go um somewhere in the east east Germany and they like they all got food poisoning like incredibly badly Uh and they all had to go to the doctors and like get um like huge injections and all this shit it was very wild (laughs) and it uh triggered my neighbor's diabetes oh my god oh my god Germany (laughs) (laughs) that's so bad I know right oh I'd be mad Uh, uh, Leipzig? Yeah. Leipzig? Like that. Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Paris is a beautiful city. Um, full of cars. Tourists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and rats that cook food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that. I mean, we, we talked about this last yeah. week. Oh, we got to make we got to make Ratatouille canon in this universe somehow. Like, there's just got to be like Can a... Just... What's the restaurant called? Let's oh, call it that. We need to go to the restaurant. I'm Googling. <laughs> Wait, isn't it just called Ratatouille at the end when they no, have the No, I don't the think so. Ratatouille there. is the food. Actually, Ratatouille yeah, I know, is but, the monster. Ratatouille but... <laughs> <laughs> is the monster. <laughs> yeah, but they have Brandy a restaurant is... at the end, and it's got, it's got like Gusto's is, is the, the name Bistro of the restaurant. Remy. Yeah, Gusto's. you're right. It's, there's a new bistro called La, La Ratatouille. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's up to you which one you want to send them to. I feel For like diehard fans, they'll recognize Gusto. I think Gusto's. so. I think Gus- I think it's got to be Gusto's because Ratatouille is like too obvious. Like it sounds like we hadn't even watched the movie, <laughs> which, we have. which we have. We've watched it so famously. many times. <laughs> We love the rat. We love when he pulls the hair and it makes him cook. <laughs> the, I, I think it's got to be like so a throwaway many. commentary about how a, a special French um, witching technique which involves uh, pulling someone's hair to control them. Oh. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I think the rat is a witch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write a letterbox review for Ratatouille and it's just that. I think the rat is a witch. 
<laughs> I think it's like a Terry Pratchett funny librarian thing where he's like a guy yeah. who got turned into a rat. But he doesn't mind it. Ah, he doesn't want to be turned yeah. back. Like at the end of The Witches in... Um... In oh my god where he's like i will be a rat forever and i will die with my grandma <laughs> i'm on the this is insane i'm on the wikipedia at the voice cast part and the first one is Patton oswald is remy a rat with heightened really? senses of taste and smell enabling talent and desire for cooking director brad bird chose oswald after hearing his food related comedy routine that's a weird reason to choose That's a voice a actor. Like, this guy he's talked about food it. once. I'm gonna. He's he's so good at saying the names of foods. This is like when we did that, like which snake are you quiz, and it was like, do you? How important <laughs> is food to you? And it's like, yeah. Well, I'm not a natural snake, yeah, so food is very important to Patton Oswalt. So we're gonna cast him <laughs> as the food expert. <laughs> he does a good job. Listen. Uh, I don't think I have seen this movie in English. I have seen it in German like twice. I might have seen it oh, in I've Hungarian. I've seen it in German. I think I've seen it in Hungarian and German, yeah, but not in French. Uh, or in not, not in French and also not in English. <laughs> I feel like you, you I haven't got around to seeing the French the French version. You'd yet. probably have to see the French version with subtitles for the authentic Ratatouille experience. <laughs> Ratatouille. Yeah, that's just that's just how um Godard uh, yeah. intended it to be made. Real anime <laughs> fans watch subs, so. <laughs> exactly. You gotta put it in black and white as well. Oh mm. my god. Oh my god. That sounds so good to me, though. Like a black and white uh, cut-off uh, Ratatouille in French with subtitles. Then it turns into... It turns from a movie into a film. And I think that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, then it becomes prestige. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, damn, there's some bold choices being made here <laughs> mm. like how the like how the just we much should do about nothing was filmed in black and white for no reason oh because uh i i, I think i know the reason for that and it's because uh filming in black and white is cheaper because you have to pay less attention to lighting so you can just ah. you also don't okay, really have to color fine. grade anything like uh like the the first few uh jim jarmusch movies were also filmed in black and white for the same reason because he was making them from mm. a very uh, tiny budget, like especially especially his first two before he got like Tom Waits <laughs> involved. Yeah. Damn, you ever think about how one of the characters in Much Ado is just called Hero? <laughs> oh, that's classic very Shakespeare funny. stuff. Mm. That's the. Kind I mean, there's of... another character called Posthumus in one of the other plays, so I guess it's not that bad. <laughs> Posthumus was like people did used to call people posthumous in like. I was about to say in Latin. In <laughs> vampire after. times, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Back in vampire times. No, but it was like a real name. Oh my god, we got to we got to do a vampire times joke in this book. I did consider it mm. when I was writing this, but I didn't know how to slide it in. We gotta we gotta. It seems like it would be confusing because it's an old times vampire times. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I think there should be like um when we dive into the mythology, which I'm not sure if we even get there in this book, when we get to the, the vampire oh, we'll origin story, that's going to be like the vampire times. And it's like, it's going to be spelled with like capital V, capital T. And it's just like an era, like the same way we say the Renaissance times or medieval times. It's going to be the vampire times where vampires wait, wait, were wait, wait. more hmm. prominent. Which, which, which origin story is this? Is oh, it? the one where he split the guy in two. 
But that's like biblical. That's not in Vampire Times. Hmm. I mean, isn't biblical Vampire Times though? No, Vampire Times is like oldie worldy. You're in a cottage and the vampire's at the window and you're wearing a nightgown. Okay, so maybe the yeah, maybe the or- or origin story is like biblical times, but there was a time where vampires were like more, uh, you know, more around. You can have some. Yeah, some like dramatic um, flashbacks to like Marco's family and stuff, yeah. and it's just like he's like telling the story of his mother or something, and it's really fucked up. Yeah, she's like an evil countess or something. <laughs> mm. When do we want to establish like Mar- Marco and Haley's uh, brain connection? After it's like during the fight, like yeah. During the fight in Paris, so it's I don't have to worry yeah. about it. Good. Not yet, anyway. No, no. Depends. No, on the it hap- he does the spell. He does the spell during the fight because she's all like powered up, and he's like, "Now I'm going to steal her magic." Mm-hmm. And um, and it's they don't really realize until they wake up because I think they both like pass out. Yeah. Mm, they're like, uh oh, we're having the same <laughs> thoughts. God, that's going to be so annoying to write. It's very exciting. Oh, no. <laughs> I feel like the Paris fight is a good um, way to get rid of um, Ed and L. Ed and L. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah, that was the intention. <laughs> one, once she gets knocked out and they do their mind melding thing, um, Ed and L can like close the portal and kill the demon, but they both like die in the process. Yeah, they sacrifice themselves yeah. to do it, and they're like, "Fuck, Marco! If you hadn't done this, then maybe they would have lived." Mm-hmm. But we... Haley's like, I guess it's okay. <laughs> can we do it like? <laughs> can we do it where like, um, um, L dies first and completely like gets obliterated. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! And then, <laughs> and then Ed is like, no, my sister. And then, uh, he loses his arm and his leg. Um. Yes. Before also then dying. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, sure. I like it's a good anime. Oh my god. It's, it's a really good anime. <laughs> so funny. I accidentally opened up Twitter and saw a tweet by NBC News saying Breaking Joe Biden will be president elect NBC News projects. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. G- great great stuff again <laughs> notice that now uh anyway yeah the, i think the 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 way i want to do the paris fight uh or like the lead up to it is um because i don't know if i'm gonna get there in my chapter but maybe i'll have like the opening bit or the like a cliffhanger that leads up to it and I think the way I want to lead into that fight is um, they have, like, contacts in Paris uh, who are, like, very French. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, George's message is very distressing to me. <laughs> I mean, Biden, Biden <laughs> has officially won. Yeah. Yeah, yeah NBC Project. Um, <laughs> <laughs> BBC Projects as well. <laughs> Yeah, George just wrote uh, in our chat the president is no longer a freaking Cheeto epic. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I guess everything's going to be all right now. Let's go to um, brunch. 
um, in the country that we uh, anyway in. the way I want to do it is just gonna be they're gonna have like contacts uh, in Paris who work with the which agency or whatever and uh, they're, they're gonna like say uh, oh our predictions say that it's gonna happen at the Eiffel Tower mm-hmm. let's say um, and then they're gonna like you know set up their stuff and prepare for it but Tanya is like looking very distressed and she's like typing something on her computer and she's like no that I I must be wrong. <gasps> and then they like like get there and they they hear like you know the, the feel the earth the earthquake and coming from a from a different place of the city and then uh, Tanya is like typing something more and say I knew it it's not the Eiffel Tower it's you know somewhere <laughs> else in the city. Yeah. Mm. And everyone's like, "What?" But the Eiffel Tower is iconic. And that's why they're like, <laughs> what a bold choice that's why they're like less prepared than, than they used to be. And the demon is like already starting to come out. And that's why yeah. they're gonna have to. That's why Ed and Dell are gonna have to sacrifice themselves. Like, yes, exactly. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking like a Pacific Rim style thing where like the the time between the portals opening and like the size of the portal is like exponentially increasing. Mm-hmm. Um, so this could be bigger so, demon. Yeah. Could yeah, it be we can the... get a bit oh, it gets funky with different kinds of demons. Yeah, I think it could be like the Arc de Triomphe. I don't yeah. know how far it is from the, the Arc de Triomphe. I thought oh, it's like a nice arch, so it can open up in there. Yeah, the the arch to triumph. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good to. Um, I could do like a little edit of that as well. I mean, I'm not. I won't because <laughs> we already have our cover, but it would work. Um, oh, it's yeah, actually I, I like the idea of them figuring out that, oh my god, it's in the Arc de Tri- Triumph, and then um, Haley's like, but why is it not the Eiffel Tower that's basically the London yeah. Eye of Paris? <laughs> it's actually pretty close to the <laughs> Eiffel Tower, though. Does that matter? Oh, okay. Uh, the Louvre is a little further away, hmm. mm. so it could be like, hmm, but the Louvre is less iconic. Big pyramid, keep on is there really? what, what, what I'm trying to see if there's like other iconic places in Paris, but it's all just the one place. I don't know. I think just do the Arc de Triomphe. And yeah, we, I mean, to be honest, we do not have to be accurate to geography. Our London yeah, we weren't, we weren't doing that in London. Yeah. So I think it'll be fine. It could be the Notre Dame. Notre Dame's a good shout, actually. Because it, it was burning it recently. Through the window. Yeah, mm. it could bust through the big window and the bells could all be going. Mm-hmm. Big bell keep on ringing. De- demon <laughs> busting through. Big bell keep on ringing. And they're like, wow, I love how it's intact. and. Oh, it could actually, if you look great. at it, yeah, it's, it's that window that you mean, right? Like that's that like round, mid- round window one. in the middle. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Because it can, they're like, it looks in great shape and that's how we realized that it's actually 2001. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing magical 9 <laughs> I, I, I kind of like magical 9 11 <laughs> so, i think it's i think Whoa. it's so fucked up that it's kind of like it would be such a good like last minute twist in the book or like i i think we can't do it but i am in love with it so <laughs> i think so it's and, and everybody who listens to this will know that you know the thought was there. Yeah. yeah. Do we need to... What, what, 
what number of patrons do we need that we do <laughs> Magic 9-11? 911. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 1,984. You gotta get people to donate so that we can do this. <laughs> please, please give us Patreon money. Tell all your friends. Tell all your enemies. They'll love yeah. it. Mm. I think I think people need to hear this. Uh, yeah. Big and book, that's keep just on the winning. truth of it. Okay. <laughs> 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 Have we said that in every chapter since it was introduced? I think there was somewhere we didn't yeah. have it, but we're, we're putting it in more, which is good because it's arc words that are really important yeah, um, I, I, I for the so. story. Thematically, they have a lot of impact. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when do we want Scorpio to come back? He could be... uh, I guess when the portal opens, you know, he's like. like is he going to be in Paris or is, she, is he doing crimes in London while they're away? I think he can be doing crime. Well, I like the idea of him like popping his his little head out of a sewer somewhere in France. <laughs> <laughs> I think at one point he should be like arguing with Marco, and someone should see them and be like, "Are they oh, yeah, in that's cahoots?" Good. Yeah. So we can put like put suspicion but, on Marco a bit. Maybe. Maybe it would be like after the attack, when mm, they already have yeah. established when Haley and Marco already have their mental co- uh, connection. Uh, she just hears like his side of the argument, uh, but but like he she she hears like his thoughts and he's like, yeah, um, he's gonna be like something like, uh, you can't do that score. <laughs> you can't keep... do that, Pio. Pio. <laughs> <laughs> And then she's gonna Scorp- be like, "Score? Could, could that be Scorpio?" <laughs> this is my brother Scorpio. Scorp- this is this is Scorpio. <laughs> this is my brother Little Claws. <laughs> <laughs> Little stingy. This is this is my this is my brother Bitey, um, also known as Scorpio. <laughs> Scorpio is a SoundCloud rapper, and his rap name is Little Claws. <laughs> Uh, I keep thinking about how in um, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child um, in the bad timeline they go to Scorpio's called the Scorpion King and everyone wants to go to the Blood Bowl with him (laughs) (laughs) Uh... See, everything we've already written is not ironically, not joking miles better than that (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Like what on earth was that play? Uh, I haven't seen it, but the ah. Oh. I have read it because I needed to. Full of joy, love it. Good writing. I <laughs> we've come up with some good names this episode. Yeah. Yeah, we've done we've done the best I think <laughs> that we could possibly do. Um. Should we? Should we? End I think it? we should end it. Yes. Yeah, I want you to both yeah. give me one more compliment about my writing before we. <laughs> it was it was beautiful, and I had a great time. It was so good. I I really love to read it. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like the bit where they're in the duty free shop. I think that's I very funny. I already forgot everything, but I laughed a lot. <laughs> I love to laugh. I Did you like laugh. that she was? I love to live, reading... laugh, laugh. Did you like that she was reading Infinite Jest? I put that in. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, that was. That was very funny. 
That's because she's um, not like the other girls. The other girls, she carries a. Uh, 1500 page book with her on the airplane like <laughs> the thickest book on earth <laughs> i actually didn't well, know she it didn't want to like that's so funny she didn't want to like finish it and not have anything to read yeah so. that's fair i bet you can like magically put this into a bag or something and it doesn't yeah like in harry yeah. potter yeah because she already did <laughs> that in better. chapter one where she was like i can't find my keys oh true it's themes. It's themes. <laughs> it's themes, it's facts, it's characters. Mm-hmm. It's themes, it's good. Okay. The rhyming slang bit was great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, very good. Um, I was disappointed by Anish's copy. Yeah, I was, I was not sad prepared. that Chaz didn't get to read that bit out, I'll be honest. I, I should have... Do you want me to do it I now? Yeah, practiced. Just so I can like okay. hear it, please. <laughs> okay, let me get, let me think about. Okay, I'm a Cockney gentleman. Ah, uh, here it's an absolute custard cream this time of year, he said, somehow dropping more H's than I'd heard in any sentence to begin with. I me, mean, I've never been, but I've got a right rubber dub, got my sherbet, not exactly gonna shit and tie about it, am I? <laughs> <laughs> it's just good. Ah, oh, it's an absolute custard cream this time of year. It's an absolute custard cream. Okay, I've well. never been, but I've got my rubber dub, got my sherbet, not exactly <laughs> gonna sh- shit and tie about it, am I? Got my sherbet, not exactly gonna shit and tie about it, am I? Let us know if uh, if if me or Chaz did the, did a better job at doing that Cockney accent, so. He looks absolutely cow trucked. He does. I think the jury is still out there on uh, on which was more accurate. Um, yeah, it's true. So, I am known for my really good accents, as our Australian fans can um, attest. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they love it. They love it. They love it. Um, All right. Geezers. Okay. Thank you. All right, geezers. Thank you for. Uh, giving us money for our Patreon. Thank really, you for uh, turning really tickles me jimmies. your uh, ear peepers to our... Cheers to our patrons. <laughs> I hope you have a nice day. I hope you have a good week. I hope it all comes out roses for you. Don't get sucked into super hell. <laughs> um, super hell for homos. Super hell, yeah. <laughs> Perhaps the big vendors. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> so uh, until next time I guess we'll, we'll say goodbye we'll say goodbye love we'll podcast love the queen a love a queen in it a a uh Donald Trump simple as <laughs> okay bye. once I get you up there where the air is rarefied We'll just glide, starry-eyed. Once I get you up there, I'll be holding you so very near. You might even hear a whole gang of cheers just because we're together. Weather-wise, it's such a cuckoo day. You just say those words and we'll take our birds down to Acapulco Bay. It's so perfect for a flying honeymoon. Oh, babe, come fly with me. Let's fly, let's fly. Pack up, let's fly away. Pack a small bag.